tired. Can I cut you open like a tauntaun and sleep inside you for a minute? Sure, buddy. Any, yeah. you, you can do that. I, I would. That. I would let you do that. I, I, I worry that I'm a bit big, so I might stretch you out a bit. <laughs> and you'll you'll be like a like a tent. Would that be all right? Yeah, I mean, if I'm ever hard up for work, then I can just you know all send right. a picture of myself over to the From team and say, "Hey, look, can I be in your game?" That's I'm, perfect. I look the part. I'm like I'm like Dead Ornstein. That's what I would be. The Jim Warren Gav. Yeah. That could we, be the we, we would be like if Ornstein climbed inside Small. <laughs> now like that's what happens after see. they die. Someone like fuses them together into a, a crazy hybrid Orn Smog. I feel mm. like there's a new marketing opportunity here we have for you, Gav. Yeah. I think you should just like open up that chest cavity and start renting it out on Airbnb. Like yeah. just let anyone who's a bit tired come and sleep in you. Yeah, would, it'll definitely. be great. I would. I really want Smogstein to be a character now. Well, you know, I'll go tell my nice friends at at, at from that they should do that. Considering you know, the, the, I know the people. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna boast about that this week. Collusion. I got to play Collusion. I got to play a Souls game that you didn't get. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, but Laura, I get to play that Souls game at my own pace, nice and slow, while you have to rush through it and review it. Yeah, we'll see. I'm hoping I can farm the review off on someone else so I can just sit and play it in my own time. <laughs> but uh, anyway, hello, Podquisition. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Podquisition. Um, I'm Jim. The, the the other voice you just heard then was Laura. Hello. Uh, hello, that one's me. How are you this week? Uh, I'm all right. I feel I feel tired, like I said. But that's why I'm going to sleep in Gav, which was the uh, the Irish voice you could hear. Arr. Yes, I'd be Irish. I'd be Irish. And there is another voice that, that hasn't yet made any sounds that Say we need what? to introduce. The, the quiet one who has not yet said the words. Hello. And who are you, other person? Hello, I'm Sips. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm doing good, thanks. You sound like such a polite young boy. Tell, tell the lovely listeners what you do. Uh, wow, young boy. Wow, gosh, I'm flattered. Um, I <laughs> play video games on the internet. Much like lots of people do nowadays, I guess. Yeah, it's it's pretty much the most popular job. Yeah. I think it's like people people who work in Walmart and people who play games on YouTube. And that those are like the biggest job sectors in America yeah. now. I know. And most most people who were in the work at Walmart sector, you know, like give it five minutes on a computer and they could be doing the, the play video games on it's the computer. It's very job. easy to make the transition from like 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 grocery work to YouTube work. It's it's yeah. It's a very easy transition to go from like having to deal with the public and customers to screaming all day long, pretending to be <laughs> yes. scared of, of yeah. scary yes. games. Yeah, I think that's. I think that most of the people who like scream at horror games and like, that's their thing for YouTube probably did start in customer service, and and, <laughs> and it has been that slow <laughs> descent since then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I used to work at a grocery store, but it there wasn't like, it wasn't my job before playing games on the internet. But it's like kind of part of the timeline anyway, so it works. Uh, it, there's enough correlation there, which to me always equals causation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For for me, it was the job directly before I was like, oh, I got fired unexpectedly from this terrible job I hate. I guess I'll go work on the internet. And then Jim was like, yeah, come be on a podcast. That's a way to make a career. So. You know, hooray, careers on the internet. <laughs> I didn't even know you could get a career from a podcast. I, I've been doing them for years without that happening, so I'm the idiot there. 
Laura somehow made it work. If only you'd realised that being on a podcast with yourself was a marketable thing. I know, that's it. I have to do it with other people. I can never do it with myself. Um, a little about well, podcasts anyway. Imagine what two hours of a podcast with just me on it would be. That would be nightmare. That would, that would be ghoulish. Well, you know, I'm it sure would ne- there's people out there who would enjoy that. I know, there's people out there that would enjoy seeing pictures of me naked, so we can't really take what popular opinion wants into context. Speaking of sexy pictures of us, we got some pretty awesome fan art this week, didn't we? Oh my goodness, yes. yes. I need to try and find before the end of the show who did this, but someone did body pillow fan art of the three of us, and it was... It was very erotic. Laura was showing her knickers. Jim was like making love to a bunch of pogs, and I was doing some kind of Jarvis Cocker-esque naughty pose. (laughs) Which, which I liked. They managed to make it sexy while having it fully clothed. <laughs> yeah, you, they did a good job. Well done, internet, for making us sexy. Fully clothed sexiness is the final taboo. So that's been smashed, thanks to the progressive values of the podquisition. <laughs> yeah. So, bits of news to talk about this week. There's a bit of news that went up before last week's podcast went up, and I didn't talk about because I was very restrained. Can, can can I jump in and start us off with this? Oh, yes. <laughs> Beyond Good and Evil 2 might actually be a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, the short version of this story, I have two different independent sources who have said, hey, you know how Nintendo bought the Bayonetta 2 because people wanted a sequel to a thing that wasn't financially viable on its first release? Yeah, apparently Nintendo were planning to do that with Beyond Good and Evil. So that yep. is the thing that happened. Like I was sat on that during last week's podquisition. I was like, "This is going up sometime tomorrow." Don't know if it's before or after podquisition. I probably shouldn't say anything. Yeah, I forgot that you um, didn't tell us that on the show, <laughs> so I put it in yeah, the show so description. I. Yeah, um, I saw you'd put it in the show description, and thankfully the news was already up, and I was like, "Yeah, for some reason okay. I thought that was part of the show." And you I was, should probably just never tell us stuff, Laura, until yeah. you. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that the show didn't post with that in the description before I took, like put the, the post up on Destructoid, because it was just this, like, yeah, that happened. Sips, Ooh. were you a, a fan of Beyond Good and Evil? Did you play it? I, I was just going to say, I mean, I don't even know what it is, honestly. I have oh. no idea what it is. It, it, <laughs> it was a game on the PS2 and GameCube generation okay. where you played, like, a female photojournalist who was trying to take down the government by hitting... Mm-hmm hitting aliens with, like, a big stick pole and taking photos of, like, alien secrets that happened on the moon. And this this was... Nice. Um, this was released... Like, I'm not surprised you might not have heard of it because it was released back in a time when Ubisoft was good, uh, <laughs> which is kind of this weird land-before-time kind of scenario. Um, very few of us remember those days. Uh Many of us, have, even those who experienced it, have written it off as a fantasy, an, an <laughs> idolent fancy of children and bards. Uh, but I was there and I saw it happen, and Beyond Good and Evil was part of that time when Ubisoft was actually good, uh, and, and, and I, I will not unremember that. Yeah, and it, it, was, it released on the same day as, uh, I think it was a Prince of Persia game or something, and it just got cannibalised by that and no one played it. But they put out a sequ- they, a trailer for a sequel in, like, 2008, and all the people who love Beyond Good and Evil, like myself, have been ever since being like, you showed a trailer, 
where's the sequel? Where's the sequel? Where's the sequel? Uh, so it's one of those games. It's like like like, a, like an old... Laura with Beyond Good and Evil is like Half-Life with everyone else, you know? Yeah, right, that, okay. is, that is my Half-Life 3. It's yeah. the, they refuse to say that it's been cancelled, so I keep asking where the, the worst, fuck is, is it? The worst part is, is Ubisoft have been using it like a character dangle in front of people to sell other games. Because then it was like, well, if Beyond Good and Evil HD sells well enough, maybe we'll revisit the idea of Beyond Good and Evil 2. And if Rayman Origins sells well enough, we'll rethink... Bringing out Beyond Good and Evil 2 and it was this constant holding that oh. fucking game to ransom uh, while giving off this idea that they had no intention of ever fucking pursuing it even after showing the trailer which I just think Ubisoft's handling of that game since 2008 has been nothing but shitty and they've been really horrible to fans like there was yeah. a I, I think it might have been a Rayman game that they were live streaming in the studio and the creator, Michelle Ancel, just cut, walks into the live stream, shows some piece of like Beyond Good and Evil 2 concept art that's never been seen before, and just walks off, doesn't say a word. And this was like a year ago. It's like, what? Is it real? What's happening? So, yeah. Um, as I have heard, apparently Nintendo are putting up the money to make it happen. Hmm. So, I am excited. They would I'm do a excited. good job of it, I feel. Yeah, they, they seem to do a good job of taking things that are not financially viable, releasing critically acclaimed sequels to them that have female protagonists. So, yeah. What, what I would describe Good and Evil as is if um, if you could imagine um, maybe like, oh, God damn, his name has slipped my mind. He made Brutal Legend. Tim, Tim Schafer. Tim Schafer. Yeah. If you can imagine if he made a Zelda game, it might not be a million miles from Beyond Good and Evil. I can actually totally see that. That's a really yeah. good comparison Yeah, that's a good, good description of it. So, um, I mean, I'm just looking forward to the boiled piss. Like, when this gets announced, the sheer outrage Wait, of hold up a second. Fans. Boiled piss? Boiled piss. Oh, <laughs> oh you've not Anger, come across the phrase Nice. <laughs> in in British. That, that is Jim's phrase for it, is boiled piss. Is that British or Jimish? I stole it from Steve Burns at Video Gamer, and and now I sell T-shirts with boiled piss written on them. Um, and Steve hasn't mentioned anything about royalties, so I'm just gonna keep selling them. Thanks. Yeah, just roll with it. Yeah, so, it is. It is a, a kind of a, a, a British ism. Yeah, though, um, I'm I'm gonna be so excited to see all of the hatred and anger when this gets announced. Oh, as a Nintendo piss gonna exclusive. get boiled. It's Why gonna are people wonderful. gonna hate it? They did it with Bayonetta 2, like, because cause it'll be exclusive. It'll drive them up the wall. Oh, okay, yeah, Oh, yeah, why yeah. are you releasing this as an exclusive for Nintendo? Oh, I don't want to buy Nintendo. Nintendo's shit. Why should I well, have to buy it to get a sequel to a game I want? Ugh. To be fair, it's kind of understandable in one way if they kind of did play it on whatever other system and then the sequel's on a different system completely. I, oh, yeah, I, cannot- I, I would say this. It's, it's even more justified than with Bayonetta 2 for the simple fact that Ubisoft have been teasing this since 2008. They teased this when, you know, the PS3 and Xbox 360 were a thing. So for them to drag it out this long and then suddenly go cap in hand to Nintendo or or have, you know, Nintendo have to step in is extra shitty. The Bayonetta 2 thing I understand a lot more because Sega never teased a Bayonetta 2. Sega were like, we don't have the money for this. And... You know, Nintendo stepped in and made it happen. Whereas this, it's like, don't fucking tell me Ubisoft... Ubisoft is no company that gets to stand up and say, we don't have this money, because they do. Yeah, but they, they it is fair for them to say this will never sell enough to justify a sequel. But No, that's We do not have the money. Nous avons pas l'argent. <laughs> it's nice. publishers... Publishers make money on the things they fucking promote. And the things they send out to die, die. 
this this whole bollocks of it'll never sell is based purely on their focus testing of 12-year-old boys who shouldn't be making decisions for anyone. They're 12-year-old <laughs> boys. It was an awful pity by Bayonetta, though, because it, you know, did deserve to be played by a lot more people than did play it. Yeah, but it was also like, if it wasn't ever going to get a sequel otherwise, I'm glad that a sequel exists. Even if they'd put it on PC, that wouldn't have really had a lot of competition with the Wii U, do you know? Yeah, but it. I, I think if you'd put it on PC, a lot fewer people would have bought it on Wii U. And that was not mm. what Nintendo was after, so... Whatever. Um, Other bits of news and things we have this week. Uh, Big UK bit of news. Fable Legends has been cancelled and Lionhead's been closed. Right? Yeah, that was... uh, I can't pretend I'm, like, cut up about it just because Lionhead was never a particularly special studio for me. It's not like I'm... I'm not mourning it the way I'd mourn some other studios, but it is still a shitty situation and it's shitty for other people who work there, which, you know, that's never good news. Um... And, but but at the same time, it's like, like as someone said on Twitter, it's it's like they haven't put out a really big, notable, huge, successful game uh, in a long time. I mean, I, w- I would say maybe Fable Two was the last big thing they mm. had. Uh, and was fa- did, of, is it fair to say Fable Two was the last good game they put out? I, I would say so. Like I thought, Fable Three was dog shit, mm. uh, and to, to say nothing about that Connect Fable spin-off, the one that I fucking almost broke me arm fucking playing piece of shit. Um, so yeah, like, I mean, and I mean, what was the, the thing they were working on? It was that, that Fable Legends, a spin-off thing, um, which to be fair, looked like the first uh, Fable game I might have actually been interested in for any long period of time. Um, but but it, it kind of, it, it's never good when a studio shuttered like that, but I see, I, I don't want to say I see why it, was done because that's almost like me empathizing with Microsoft, which the idea of that makes me sick. Um, but it, it's one of those things where I, I'd say I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked it happened. It's mm. it's not good that it happened, but unfortunately that's where it was headed. And like some other people have said, it makes you worry about what's going to happen to Rare, especially now that they've, what's it, retooled Conquer as a kid's game. Was, um, was Lionhead always a Microsoft thing or were they acquired... Sort of. They were independent and they got bought, I believe. Right. Yeah, because I, I, I sort of lost track of them. Because I, I played the original Black and White and Black and White 2, which was Lionhead, and the movies. Do you remember that game, the movies? Oh, God, I vaguely remember mm. the movies, yeah. Yeah, it was it was okay. It had a lot of bugs, but it was the first game I remember that had this idea in it where it, you could post stuff directly to YouTube from it, which was, like, I think the first time a game ever did that, but it was... Because you made movies in the game, right? Yeah. They were really shitty. And then you put them on <laughs> YouTube, and the idea was that, you know, you could share them with your friends or whatever. But the game was really buggy. You couldn't finish it. There was, like, huge problems with it. And then I think they just stopped supporting it. But then I think after that game, I just kind of totally lost track with Lionhead. Like was a, was mm. that the game where you basically, like, green-screened yourself into scenes in films or something? No, it was like a it was like a tycoon game, right? So you had you oh. you you sort of built and managed uh, like a movie studio from like the 1920s onwards, and you had to like research stuff so that you could unlock special effects and better special effects, and you had to hire oh. actors and stuff. It was actually pretty good. How did I not know it that actually existed? Sounds like it had a lot of potential. Yeah, but it there was. There were bugs it never in the really game. set the world on fire when it came out, unfortunately. No, and there was bugs in the game where you, you couldn't progress because um, I think there was something to do with 
um, like staff members would die, but you could never replace them. So you just spent the whole game watching your movie studio run out of employees, <laughs> and then that was wow. it. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I played it, it was like that. But it was... A movie studio that sees its staff as irreplaceable. That is highest of high fantasy. Uh, and it was really good, though. The movies that you could make were really funny, too. Like, it was sort of like... It kind of reminded me of The Sims, you know? Like, they had their own, like, little language and stuff. But you could put yeah. speech bubbles in. There was, like, music. And you could sort of plan out scenes and stuff. And then the idea was, like, kind of like d- Game Dev Tycoon or something. You know, you had this finished yeah. product, and it had to sort of meet certain criteria for it to become like a blockbuster or whatever it was okay i might might have to go try and track this down what was it released on um pc i think only at the time yeah i'm probably gonna go track that down then because i quite like those kind of games yeah i've tried to like play it again recently but i still have the the cd-rom disc for it but i can't install it on Uh. any sort of recent versions of windows for whatever yeah. reason so that is the most frustrating thing like i've is, been trying yeah. for the longest time to get a disc of where in the world is carmen san diego to oh run my on my, my pc and it's a very Jesus. specific version that i remember growing up with yeah i cannot get it to run on any pc i have oh, i remember going to birthday parties like at my friend's house and playing that on like whatever he had it was just like this old ass you know like the ibm clone pcs you know when they started oh, sort yes. of like mass creating them um yeah where in the world is carmen san diego my, a TV my goodness show yeah it, I, I i miss games like that and i have the disc and i'm just like why won't you run in my fucking awesome computer <laughs> yeah. um but yeah lionhead is it's i'm kind of sad to see lionhead go in that with peter molyneux gone from lionhead and then peter molyneux having all of his problems doing his own solo venture I kind of quietly assumed that Peter Molyneux had been the problem at Lionhead, and it was like, Mm. oh, is a Lionhead post-Peter Molyneux going to do better and survive I would have liked to have seen it, yeah. Mm. And that's that's disappointing, is that it wasn't Lionhead, and it wasn't Peter Molyneux, it was both of them that had issues, and that's sad to know. Mm. I mean, I'm just going to say this. At this point, if you... If you founded and own an independent game studio and and a major company offers to buy you out, never say yes if you want that company to survive. Just never say yes because it's not going to. It's not going to survive. That's what I'm looking at time and time again when I see what EA has done with its studios, when I see what Activision ends up doing and Microsoft's been doing. If you... I mean, you might want or need the money or whatever, but just know that when you sell a studio to a big publisher, you have signed its death warrant. And, and that, that just seems to be a sad truth now. If you look at like Mass Effect Andromeda, I don't think any of the major players from the original trilogy are involved in it. I mean, people-wise, not, not company-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which is and... sad. It was like, because like, obviously I was very familiar with Bioware at the time of Mass Effect three coming out and I was looking up all the people I knew and I was like whoa none of these people actually work for them anymore it's kind of sad it, it is sad and the only thing we can do in terms of stuff like Mass Effect is wait for it to come out and hope that yeah. it does turn out good but yeah. it's always scary when people move on from I'll be v- you know the things they were good at I'll be very very happy if Mass Effect Andromeda is good but I think I'm going to keep my expectations in check a little I, bit I am excited for more of that world yeah. and 
as long as they like don't fuck it up too badly, then yeah. I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, and, in, and to be fair, Dragon Age Inquisition gave me just what I wanted from a Bioware game, so you know I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Ah, oh, shit! I still haven't played that. I I have it. It's good. I just haven't played it. Why? I don't know why. I I own so many games, and like I, I'm like a games collector. I don't even play half the games I have. It's crazy. <laughs> well, we we discussed this in the chat just before the podcast, didn't we? How like so like you and me, Sips, tend to play games later, whilst Jim and Laura, because it's their job and stuff, play them very early. So while yeah. we're while I'm like two months later, still talking about. Bloodborne or whatever, they're like off playing Future Simulator 2017. Yeah, I'm already off playing Dark Souls three. No, yeah. no, 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 Gav, I'm already playing. I'm like, it. Fuck oh, you. yeah, I got the the Bloodborne DLC, <laughs> and Laura's like, yeah, I played Dark Souls three. Yeah, I played like three hours of it. I beat the first three bosses. You know, I feel like I should be more up to date, but I, I just never can be. I just, I don't mm-hmm. know. I just gravitate towards old games or games that are obscure or whatever, and I spend the, all my time playing those instead. The, the, the secret I learnt was just stop sleeping and you can get through so many games just that's don't true, sleep yeah. anymore <laughs> maybe that's the key my secret is just don't play nothing but witcher and fallout <laughs> like <laughs> yeah don't, don't touch any of those games where you're like i'm gonna lose 600 hours if i play this every like, time oh, i pick up witcher or fallout it's like no no other game is going to get played for a the- week this is exactly why I had to stop playing World of Warcraft because I was like, I know if I don't stop playing this, I will never play another game in my life. Oh my god, I don't think Dangerous. I'll ever play a game more than I played World of Warcraft. Holy really? shit, I played it too much. Were you ever a WoW addict, Jim? You know what? Never played it. I've never, never played it either. Never really appealed to me. Like, you know, obviously I was there when it was a big cultural thing, but and, and obviously still massively popular, but it just never appealed to me i never had a desire to play it i've played mmos but mm. i mean in post world post wow like all mmos are more or less the same fucking thing do you think there'll ever be a game as ubiquitous as well well Again. i mean we're seeing it with you know league of legends and that sort of stuff i think we we're in that era where the the moba has become the does moba take over people's lives in the same way it's though? a I weird mean... successor isn't it yeah because the 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 thing with an MMO and something like WoW is the the community side of it and like yeah. the friendships that you made online or whatever were such a huge part of it. But mm. you know, MOBAs you don't make friends. They're <laughs> you purely swearing at people yeah. all the time. Yeah, of course. Yeah, my few experiences playing those games, like I've 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 encountered nothing but people I never want to talk to yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. MOBAs have MOBAs have never been my genre, but when I was into World of Warcraft, like there was a summer that I remember I spent probably fourteen hours a day every day throughout the summer holidays. Just mm. yep, I'm gonna get up, play WoW, go to bed, and that mm. was six weeks of my life. And then I was like, no, I need to. I need to never touch MMOs ever again. (laughs) I think that's not an altogether uncommon experience for people with WoW. I think it was very, very common. Like, I know I've had friends who lost a year or two of their life to that game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. Well, I think think people are, like, under threat from a new one because I believe that the new MMO brought out by Ubisoft this week is going to... Set hearts alight the same yeah, way. Yeah, redefine the genre. That's yes, what, that's uh, what we're hearing about the division, right? Everybody is just going well. I mean, crazy. imagine Social Welfare Simulator 2016. <laughs> I stood in a fucking queue for an hour last night. Oh my god, I did the same. I stood in a line for an hour and a half to get to a computer. The yeah, queue and is then the incredible. fucking computer didn't what even the work when that? I got. I yeah. saw people talking about this. 
Okay, who wants to explain the line for the computer? I'll, I'll explain it because it's it's incredible, and mostly because I I just shoved in 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 and yes, yeah, sips, I didn't sips one thing. We're twenty five minutes in now, so I have to warn you: these two tend to like butt in and talk over you. So you gotta, I I I'll tell you, assert your place as much as you can <laughs> and right. just talk right okay. over them. Talk, it's talk a British right thing. Over us, it's See, fine. they they think we're still part of the colonies. <laughs> and they okay, can just cool. like talk I'll just take over my the headset peasants. off and just just go fucking yeah. crazy. I'll just start talking. It'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Jim, what 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 what's the what's the line about? Right. So in the very first real, well, before you can even do any real missions, uh, there's this introductory mission where you are activated as an agent of the division, and you find your first safe house, you go in the safe house, there are other players in there, it's like a little hub thing, and there are all these other online players, it's all very exciting, you go and meet your your, your boss, and they're all, go do the thing, you come out, and there's a laptop on a table, and you've got to go over to the laptop and activate it, uh, you go and interact with it, just hold the square button near it, or you know whatever button you use, a key or whatever, press, press a button to to activate the laptop and therefore you are registered as an agent and you can go out into the open world. The problem is there's one laptop. This is the very <laughs> first safe house in the game. So all the new players are in there and the collision detection is such that players don't go through each other. Uh, they can block paths. So there's this one laptop, 30 players in a small room and they've all got to take turns using the laptop because no one can clip through each other. Uh, they are all just solid objects. Plus, plus, if more than one person tries to use the laptop at the same time, it breaks and it won't yes. work. Oh my yes. god! It just—it's like it's, it's like, amazing that this got past playtesting. Yeah, honestly. yeah, that's, <laughs> it's like MMO one hundred and one, isn't it? You, you you don't have player collision in an MMO, like if, in something where you expect more than like five people to be in the same room at the same yep. time. And the, the wonderful, <laughs> I mean, the wonderful thing, the wonderful thing about this is that the community have like organized formal queuing yeah. systems. Oh, yeah. oh. You watch people actually stand in proper like snake queues line. to take their turn, oh, and move on. God. Next person, the queue moves around in a snake fashion. Um, in a very similar vein to this whole like uh, all the people have collision in this open world. People have been flooding that game and standing in every single doorway they can find so that people can't go through doors. Because yep. there's just people stood in the doorways so you there's can't a, use doors. There was one guy blocking the main safe house, the doorway, and not letting anyone through until they gave them the password. And because there is no password. Uh, but they just kept demanding the password before they'd let anyone through. And you can't do anything about that because there's, there's one designated area for PvP. Outside of that area, you can't shoot each other. You can't get... You can't interact with each other. So... This guy is just stood there, and it's like, you know, a bit of the furniture, more or less. You can't get around it. You can't go through it. And somehow, that was considered okay. Maybe if Ubisoft had let the reviewers play it first, they'd have found that issue before launch. Uh, but they didn't, so they haven't. So Well, you say that. They did eventually send copies to people a day before launch. I noticed a few got them, yeah. The, the, the servers went up, like, uh, about 24 hours early, and a bunch of people were tweeting about how they had code, so I emailed them being like, I know you said you weren't giving out pre-release code, but if you got pre-release code... And they were like, yeah, sure, and gave us code early <laughs> after making a big fuss about how they wouldn't give anyone code early. Nice. That's so, all right. There's, uh, you know, there... 
there are things to like in it, though. I mean, you know, you guys know that like my big thing in games is I love just walking around the worlds, and like they have done a phenomenal job of New York. Like it's so detailed, and some of the buildings, like it starts in Brooklyn, and I walked around an area that I've actually been to to see if all the buildings were there in the right places, and they they were, and they were very accurately uh, recreated. I I played the division for like four four or five hours, and you know what the only thing I remember about the division is what? Uh, it's nothing to do with the game itself. The reviewers' guide they sent out yeah. was an eighteen page advert for Nvidia drivers. <laughs> and no actual information Oof. like it's, it's 18 pages of like hey this game's better with nvidia this is how you install game ready drivers if you install those game ready drivers they break the game and the new nvidia Brilliant. drivers are breaking a bunch of people's computers as well yeah. oh yeah i heard about that <laughs> so it's like it was an 18 page advert that was just 18 pages of this is how you make your game work as well as possible with nvidia mm. and i was like where is there embargo? Like, I, I had questions like, is there embargo information? I got this game before launch. Do I need to wait for, you know, the next 12 hours to be up before I post my review? Where is this information? And they were like, nope, mm. NVIDIA. NVIDIA. Going back, though, before you, like, completely change the topic there, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, it was the division the world, near enough. If I, <laughs> Sorry, I could, yes, the world. You know the way you, like, one of the first areas you're in is Chelsea? But I couldn't find the Chelsea Hotel, so if any of the audience can find the Chelsea Hotel on the map, let me know where it is, because I want to look at it. Um, Just go to the real Chelsea Hotel, it's the best expenditure of your money. It's a very (laughs) scary-looking building, the real one. Kind of dark and weird-looking, and, like, you you kind of imagine murders happening in there and stuff. If, um, if, if, If you see the name Tom Clancy, and you just ignore every game that has Tom Clancy's name in it... Mm like I do, what what is the division about? Because, like, I tried playing some of the early Rainbow Six games or whatever, and they're, mm-hmm. they're just not for me. And then ever since then, I'm just like, oh, you know, Tom Clancy game, it's probably just going to be like Rainbow Six. I'm not going to play that. Basically, it's an MMO. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a third-person cover shooter MMO in a desolate New York where someone released a killer virus. Oh, and okay. you're part of the division, who are agents that go in and help clean up the city. And the city's got, like, two major gangs in it, the Rikers and the Cleaners, and they're going around being evil. Yeah. And, you... and it's got a loot system that's not a million miles from Destiny or Borderlands. Yeah, I mean, it, oh, okay. it's very similar to... It's it's a third person cover shooter in the Destiny mold, more or less. It's one of those MMO lighting. Sadly, it doesn't have jetpacks though. Destiny does that, no. have that over it. That well, Destiny I think that's one of the main problem. One of the main problems with the division is it's not got anything exciting in it. Like, the game's okay. It's just okay. But you know, if if your idea like like. The problem with a loot-based RPG in a world like Tom Clancy's The Division is, is there's nothing exciting about just getting more M4s and shotguns. More M4s and shotguns and more flak jackets. It's like, there's there's no suits of armor, there's no jetpacks, there's no cool, like, like mm. ridiculous, over-the-top weapons and stuff. Yeah, you, you can't make your characters look like a 1970s Bowie video like you could in Destiny. Yeah, like you just there's there's nothing ostentatious with it, and losing that that sense of of gaucheness that you can have with Destiny or, or you know better RPGs than Destiny is it's it's it doesn't feel that rewarding. Like you get special gadgets and things you can use, uh, you can unlock those, but even those are fairly mundane. Like you know just standard healing items, the occasional auto turret, like stuff like this. It's I don't know. There's it's I'm I'm bored of it. 
Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't have. I'm not having a bad time with it, but I like hours it. and hours of shooting it. the same enemies behind walls, with with very little variety. Like the enemies are so hard to distinguish. Like you might get one with a shield and a an axe, or you might get one with a flamethrower. But other than that, it's mostly just dudes with rifles. Yeah. And just doing that over and over and over again makes me realize like there's a very good reason why the campaigns in games like Gears of War are about six to eight hours long because they really overstay their welcome if they go on longer than that. And this is a game that expects you to be days and days and days in it, because they've got that MMO RPG setup. Yeah. And it, the gameplay just can't sustain that. Third-person cover shooters can't sustain that much that much shooting. It's, it's mm, too much. I, w- I would agree. I, I think, fundamentally, I think first-person shooters are always going to be easier to play for long periods of time. I don't. I can't explain why. I'm afraid. I just do. I yeah. personally, I, mean, I, think I find that third-person shooters can work, but maybe not methodical cover shooters. Mm. You know, like I'm still obsessively playing Garden Warfare Two, which I, again, I, it still astounds me that I keep saying that. Um, but I'm obsessively playing that, and that's a third-person shooter. But at the same time, it's also got like like fuck at this point 10 very distinct very different classes each one with its own weird subclass and a whole variety of just like ridiculous over the top weapons and things yeah. uh, so it there's always something new and weird to find in it whereas the division your reward for doing the work is more work where it's just more hide in cover and fire with your assault rifle that does nominally more damage See, than the last assault that's rifle that's how i had. felt about the witness and everyone said i was wrong your reward for the work was more work <laughs> i agree with you that the reward for the work is more work in the witness so you're not alone there gaff so dips did you play witness uh, very briefly, I, I need to actually pick it up and play it because I, I I like the sort of like style and feel of it, and it's it's a game that I I want to spend time playing, even though I, yeah. I suck at puzzle games. <laughs> but um, I'll still play it anyway. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those ones that I'll I'll get around to eventually, sort of thing. Um, but um, yeah, I like the look of it. It looks looks good. It, a lot of people sort of say that it's very good as well. Maybe I guess some people were saying that maybe it wasn't completely worth it. It was like 40 bucks or something though, wasn't it? Like, Are you sure it wasn't 20 bucks, Jim? <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. Jim said <laughs> the wrong price in the thing. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just don't like The Witness because it feels like the game developer was shouting at me the whole way through telling me I suck at games and I'm not good at his game. So that was my problem oh, with The man. Witness. I mean, th- I, that's that's my, my life pretty much like everybody just tells <laughs> me I suck so bad at games. So I'll oh, that, enjoy there's that nothing wrong with sucking at games. No. That has been. There are four this people inter- on yeah. this podcast right now who suck at games and who've made careers in games. So what yeah. does that tell you? My, my entire. Then again, Laura, you were doing. I, I was watching you play um, that Dark Souls boss. You were you were doing pretty handy. I'm glad you're telling me I did. A, you're telling me I did okay because my entire fucking week has been people telling me that I suck at a Souls game that isn't out yet. Yeah, you know what? I think Dark Souls. Uh, I think there are some Souls like is, yeah. is full of backseat gamers. There are some people that watch Souls videos just to yell at people about yeah. how much they suck mm. at Souls so, games. I'm going to stay spoiler free, but I fought the first boss of Dark Souls 3 and I put like a five minute clip up on YouTube and it's the first boss of the game. I beat it on my second attempt. It took me under four minutes to beat the first. Like, Which to, to be fair is to, pretty good for a Dark Souls boss, yeah, your second so, attempt. Like, I, did, I like, did my first attempt, ran back through the area, did a second attempt and beat it. The entire comment section was just oh, why weren't you locking on? It's like, well, I wanted to see what the rolls and the camera speed were like. For, you so know, some of the best players of Dark Souls on. games actually 
rarely ever lock on to bosses oh, anyway. So I, it's a contextual yeah. thing. Like I don't yeah. always lock on. It's Sometimes advice, it's better yeah. not to. It's advice I got given during um during my Bloodborne playthrough was hey don't lock on so much. It's sometimes easier if you leave the camera free roaming. So I was like, right, okay, first boss, I'm going to try that, see how it goes. The entire comments were just like thousands of, oh, why didn't you lock on? You suck at souls. I'm like, I, I beat the boss in under four minutes on my second attempt. You know what's funny, Laura? Okay. That, that you mentioned there that The Witness is a game that always feels like the developer's kind of going, ha ha, you suck. Yeah. And one of the things I love about the Souls games is they keep punishing you, but there's something about that game that keeps nudging you and winking you at you going, you know you it's can do this. It's always encouraging You thing. know yeah. you can do this. It, it's just a shame the community's not like that. Yeah, they, they <laughs> don't learn the lesson that the game taught them. And here's another thing. Souls they can players, be, though. Right? Like the, the subreddits when From Games come out are amazing. Like they're well worth a visit. Everyone's the, helping each other. And, the subreddits are great, but if yeah. they're actively watching you play, they suddenly become very different. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just going to say, right, no one cares how good you are at video games. Like, no one. Yeah. No one gives a shit. Nobody you gives sad a sad little turd. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. Well, you say that, You might as well tell me you're the best at vomiting on your own genitals. I'll care care more about that. I'll actually be impressed by that. I'm pretty good at that, too. Jim would probably want to film that and sell it. Sorry, Sips. You you, you talk, Sips. We keep interrupting you. players telling you how shit you are at vomiting on your own genitals. That sounds like something that would be in a Souls game, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Sips, we need to let you talk. I heard you trying (laughs) to get a word No, no, I wasn't going to say anything particularly interesting, except that I feel like now I, I, like... I feel compelled to be better at games because people tell me I'm so shit at them all the time. Like it, it's it started to have an effect on me. Like now I you think, could make it a thing though. I mean, yeah, you know. I, I guess so. Yeah, well, like know. it's 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 for me. It's the entire reason why why I spent so goddamn long fighting that one boss in Undertale was so that I could show the internet like I did a thing. I'm good at video games. You're not I allowed to tell no, me I'm not good yeah. at video games anymore. I have no idea how you had the patience to do that, Laura. Yeah, Holy it, shit, nine, like how long, nine, how many hours did it take? I think to... it was 19 hours over Jesus five days. Jesus fucking Christ, um, on one 500, boss. 582 attempts on one boss. Holy shit. <laughs> I, I rage quit Far Cry Primal last night after dying from the boss once. <laughs> I, I put that footage up and that was just like, I should have labelled that video, you don't get to tell me I'm bad at video games anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, in, in wow. summary, be, it's okay to be shit at video games. I don't think I could even off. play Undertale for 19 hours, let alone one boss from Undertale. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in terms of games we've been playing this week, Sips, you played a thing this week. Yeah, I played I played a game, I started playing it yesterday. It's been out for a while, but it's called The Long Dark. It's like a survival game. You guys have probably heard of it and played it. We, we've heard, heard of it. Of I don't it. think yeah. we've talked about it on the show yet. Though. No, I've not gotten around to playing it. It's been on my like list of things I need to check out. I've not had time yet. Oh man, it's pretty good, actually. It takes place in Canada, in the wilderness. There's like a some sort of event. There's no story mode in it because it's early access and it's it's missing stuff. But oh, yes, there's enough game one. there to play now, and it's good. Um, you're in the wilderness and you have to survive. It's sort of like a semi-realistic survival game. Oh shit! I was thinking of a different thing. I have played The Long Dark. Yeah, I did a fucking video on it. I when kept it first mixing came it up out. with yeah. Firewatch. It's it, it's very similar to Firewatch, like Visually, in terms of least. how it looks and the setting and stuff like that. But there's no story uh, currently, mm. so you're just in this like survival sandbox, trying to run away from <laughs> wolves and. I, fu- crap I stuff. find this an, an interesting thing, like the whole early access. There's no story yet, like. I honestly wouldn't want to play a game until it's kind of finished. Does no one else feel that way? 
I, I I feel that way. It, it it really just depends on the game. If there's enough of a game that has, you know, mechanics and, and stuff that you can just fart around with and do in the game, yeah. I'm generally pretty happy. If it's if it doesn't look nice and it's really buggy and broken and unplayable, mm-hmm. then yeah, I'm like, well, what are you guys doing? You know, like do you, get your shit do you together think, sort of thing. Do you think you'll continue to play it when it's finished then? Yeah, I will. Um cool. I, because you start off and it's sort of there's there's kind of like difficulty settings. There's different like regions that you can play on. Um, I don't know how the story mode's going to affect the regions or if it's just going to encompass all of them. But it, it it almost it's almost like they have this means to deliver new content to the game through like new regions and new challenges and stuff, which is kind of cool in itself. Um, so I I guess it just gives more life to the game. But it's it's sort of it's one of those where it's you know, it it was kickstarted. Um, early access funds the further development of the game. You, you know, you don't know if the money that you spend is going to amount to anything, or if you know you've pretty much got what you're playing right then and there, sort of thing. But I don't know. It it looks it's it's fun, it, and it looks promising. Like especially that they're still working on it. So it's also gorgeous. I'm looking at screenshots here. It's it's nice. Yeah, it's got a really nice atmosphere. Like there's. Nice sound and stuff too, you know, like you, you can sort of faintly hear footsteps in the snow every once in a while while you're out there walking around in the dark and it, you yeah. know, you, you don't know if that's a bear or some sort of clown just stalking you through the woods. I find little emergent moments like that in um, freeform games can be 10 times scarier than uh, planned ones in horror Man. games sometimes. Yeah, your imagination is like far scarier than... <laughs> anything that jumps out of a closet at you right you just like yeah. you just whip yourself up into a frenzy and yeah oh we we had a question from a listener this week that kind of ties into this topic um of gav saying like uh asking about early access games and talking about the long dark um j jp abalena wants to ask out of all the early access games that you've all played which ones do you have you found the most promising or which ones have you enjoyed most in early access I don't remember ever going back to play a finished game after doing the early access version. The 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 one that jumps to mind that I played so much in early access and when it got announced as finished I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot that wasn't a finished game because the early access version felt so complete." was Kerbal Space Program. No, I thought you were going to say Prison Architect. But yeah, Kerbal no, Works too. I I hear the say I hear that about Prison Architect a lot, but mm. uh no, Kerbal Space Program, I played for the longest time forgetting it was an early access game because it felt so feature complete in terms of like its core mechanics set and like having enough content to do that it was going to be hours and hours of content. Yeah, yeah. And when it came into full release, I was like, oh, that's nice. I'm going to go back and play it every now and then still. I forgot that that wasn't a finished game. <laughs> I, re- I remember the first time I played Kerbal was when it was free to play it it was completely free you could download it from their website and all that was in the game was very very simple rockets that you could build and and blast off there was no there was nothing else there wasn't like any of the trajectory stuff there was no landing on the moon nothing like that um and then there were just tons of screenshots of people doing like 2d designs out of rockets and then blasting them into outer space because that's all you could do in the game sort of thing it's come a long way it's really impressive actually it's a great game well, I think what I like most about that game's early access is that they, before putting it on Steam's early access, they got through that stage of here is like the the prototype, here is like the core of what we're doing. 
And they waited until it had reached a point where it's like, okay, this is a fully playable thing that feels somewhat complete before they put it on early access to continue development. Well, that's what a lot of these fucking chances on early access don't realise, is they, they seem to think that early access doesn't mean unfinished, or they think it means unstarted. So you get these games that come out and claim to be alpha or pre-alpha, it's like, that's not even pre-alpha. Like, that's pre-pre-pre-alpha what yeah. you put up. Just the whole pre-alpha thing, you, you see it all the time now. I don't even know what it means. Like, what, what the hell I don't is think pre-alpha? The people, I don't think they know what it means. Like it's 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 become a uh, it's become a, a watchword for literally any old bollocks. It's <laughs> games that have no story, no content. Like I played a game today that was called um, Just Death, uh, where and the title was very apt because that that's all there was in it. It was this open world made by one person, as if that's an excuse. Uh, it was one open world map. Um, of a city and you could choose a person and just wander around it and there was like five gangsters in there that you could <laughs> shoot and kill and that was it there were like logos on the map for like mission markers like GTA style mission markers but you go there and they're just empty buildings like there's no content in there and I've lost count of the amount of early access mm. games I've played where where I because I've always defended the right of a game to be called a game. Like, you know, even something like Dear Esther, which I'm not a fan of, but I would still say it's a game based on, um, you know, what what we've come to now understand as the modern game. But there are some games on Early Access where I would have to throw up my hands and admit that's not a game. And Just Death's one of them. There's a game called Dragon, which was just a small open world where you make a dragon f- breathe fire and flap about, and that's it. Uh, there was... Um, what was it after reset RPG, which was just a series of small corridors that you walk down and can't interact with anything, can't go anywhere outside of that? It's just a fucking tech demo at this point, and there are so many games on early access that are like that 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 aren't alpha and are not. I, you know, they use pre-alpha as an excuse, and it's just taken the piss. And it's why early access has got such a dodgy reputation when it, it could have been a positive thing. And I was one of these people that called it in the beginning, and everyone said, "Oh, Jim, you're talking shit." Uh, and now every now nowadays, everyone agrees that Steam needs some fucking quality control, and that early access is overrun by piss takers. Uh, but I was the only one that called it back in the day, it and do, I never got my apology. It doesn't just need control on the early access stuff these days. Oh no, it needs oh, yeah. it needs. I mean, fuck, there are some games that are being released as finished products that are still in early access, like that mm-hmm. Bear Simulator where they, the, the developer recently made headlines by crying a river and giving up because PewDiePie didn't like it or something. And it was it's in early access because they said, like, it's not finished, there's content to come. It's not in the early access section. It's been released as a finished product. Yeah. But who can blame them anymore? The lines have been blurred so much. I mean, Street Fighter V came out, and that was in fucking early access, See, more that, or less. That was my problem with that Bear Simulator game, is when I started playing it, I was like, oh, this is a really good proof of... Like, this is a playable... Like, there's a decent amount of content in here. This is a good early access game. And then I realised, oh, it's not early access. No, it's being sold as a finished product. Which, again, you know, considering that we've got triple, what I call early triple access games now, like Street Fighter V and fucking Star Wars Mm. Battlefront, like the lines have been blurred so much, the term early access is starting to lose all fucking meaning. Do you know what what gets me about this early access stuff, and I will include Street Fighter in this, is you can never replace that first few hours you spend with with a game. No. It's such an important time, and it's usually... One of the most enjoyable periods of the game. And 
if you've if you've experienced it as kind of half of what it should be, you will never get that early buzz back yeah. with the and game I'll, at its complete I'll, form. I'll say this as well, and I've spoken to um, there's a publicist I've spoken to about this who you know more or less said the same thing. You get one launch. It doesn't yeah. matter if you have a final launch following an early access launch. When your game comes out for the public, you have one launch. That's when you will mm. get the most attention. That's when people will form the most solid opinion of your game. Exactly. If you shit out a crappy early access game, you've spent your launch. You've spent it. When you launch later, when you have your proper launch later, you will get way less attention. And I think, I'm, I'm, you know, I think we saw this with games like Darkest Dungeon and Necro and stuff like that, where these games came out in early access and were really good and had good press. But when they came, when it came time for their final launch, they didn't have the same kind of traction they had before because you can only launch a product once. Yeah, it would be interesting to see like what their actual launch day sales are as well because I guess the hype for the game is just completely sort of gone at that point, right? Well, that's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you, you end up launching after people have heard about your game so much uh -huh. because it's been early in early access and it had so many updates and things. Yeah. Like, there are some early access games where I started off interested in them but was sick to death of hearing about them by the time they finally came out. And I'm like, oh, they've... Oh, that's finally come out, has it? Mm. Well, I kind of don't care now. <laughs> you know? I've, I've even found playing betas and demos can somewhat damage my enjoyment of that very important yeah, first few hours. I can, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I've, I've, I have, I've had that with um, with Overwatch actually, which is surprising. Mm. Like I'm the biggest mm. Blizzard fanboy going, um, and I think with Overwatch, it's the first time where I've genuinely just felt a little bit sort of not disappointed, but underwhelmed by something that Blizzard's doing. I just. Mm. I don't know. It's a really weird one, but it, I, think, I, I feel that way as well about. Thing. Oh, sorry. I, I feel that way about the new Torment game. Like I was in his last game, Brian Fargo, and I'm not going near the beta for this one because I want to experience it as a whole when it's finished for the first time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is why I avoid Dark Souls trailers, even like I avoid Soul stuff as mm -hmm. much as I can. Uh, because I want that—that that is a game all about discovery and shit. Like mm. if that—if if a Souls game ever comes out in early access, like it's undermining its very existence. And and there are mm. many games I think that come out in early access that do that, that undermine themselves by eroding all of their surprise before they've even officially launched. Mm. Yeah, I I I think like with Overwatch, I'm not sure if it's because it's a closed beta, so you're playing against a very small pool of players who are maybe you know. 10, 20 times better than you are at the game sort of thing. Mm. So it, it doesn't feel as fun, you know, just getting completely owned all the time. But it, it's a weird one. I don't know. Have you have you guys played Overwatch at all? Yeah, no. I've played it a little bit and I'm, I'm a bit concerned as well. Like, I don't want to speak ill of that game too soon, but I feel like this might be the first, like, Blizzard being complacent release where like it feels like they are not putting as much effort into this as they otherwise would. Yeah. And I'm just looking at this like this doesn't have that pop and spark that I usually expect of a Blizzard game. Are they just thinking that they can get away with it because they're Blizzard and their names on it? Yeah, maybe. It's a weird one. I mean, it in a weird way I'm I'm more excited for Legion, which is like the next WoW expansion that's coming out soon I, than I, I am I for even, Overwatch. Do you think I they'll ever do a sequel to WoW as opposed to expansions? No, I, Not while the numbers are still as 
okay as they are. Yeah, they, they do all right with WoW still. God, it's crazy. They're, they're still raking this in is, like near infinite monthly This money. is a completely noob question, but I don't have a clue about Blizzard stuff. Is the Warcraft movie that's coming out in the World of Warcraft universe? Uh, yeah, it's so it's it's it acts as partly as like a an introduction to the world of Warcraft, if you like, and then yeah. um, sort of I guess elaborates on some of the the story elements in Warcraft as well. So you could be somebody who knows nothing about Warcraft, still go to it, get it, and enjoy it. At least it, I guess it, that's the point more, of it. It's more like this would give you a nice basis with which to go into World of Warcraft rather than mm. you needing the World of Warcraft knowledge to go into this film, it yeah. feels like. Speaking of, did you see the Assassin's Creed movie got a sequel confirmed before it's even released? I was like, well, they're yeah. definitely inspired by the games. Oh, man. oh, God. Yeah, they're doing another sequel already that Fastbender's on for. I have so, I have uh, good hopes for this movie, though. I think it's going to be good. I'm crossing my fingers, but past track record does not suggest it will be good. Man, Did Assassin's guys... Creed is something that completely... I think, I think when the first one came out, I was just kind of not into games, or I was just at that awkward sort of point in my life where I wasn't playing too many games, and mm. since then I'd never got into Assassin's Creed. Like, I don't know... To be fair, the first one you ain't missed much. is by far... Now, I'm going to get in trouble from the audience for saying it, but I found it by far the least enjoyable of all the Assassin's Creed games. But the very the first, first one. To be fair, Gab, yeah. it's also one of the least enjoyable of all the games. Like, Ever. Just <laughs> all video games. Like Assassin's yeah. Creed One was really, really boring. Like I it's found it such an unbelievably hell. boring game. And the and second one for me is one of my favorite games ever. So that'll tell you. That's where the, our the opinions difference. differ. Yeah. Well, you're I, you're wrong. I, I like Assassin's <laughs> Creed too, but I think that the decision to start it with "You are a baby, wriggle your arms and legs" is the worst decision for trying to start off. Like, here is the sequel to that action-packed game you played last year. Be a baby. I thought that was a really cute way of showing it's, you how limbs thing works. It's a terrible concept. That was the best bit of the game. It was the best bit of the game because it was none of the other gameplay in Assassin's Creed 2. <laughs> well, you got to be a baby for in Fallout 3 for a bit too. That was pretty fun. Yeah. I didn't get to like yeah, wiggle around too much, but it wasn't trying to like abstract all of your combat controls onto a baby. Oh. Where it's like, oh yeah, this is going to be the button for talking, so press this button to like kind of babble your I thought it was a really clever way of showing you oh. the puppet system. I, I, I bought that game at midnight with some friends, and I fell asleep. Because, and I blame that on that opening scene. I was watching it being like, is, is this what I'm supposed to get excited about? And I just lay down and fell asleep in a chair. I think that should have been the entire game. Five hours of you <laughs> making the baby gurgle and wobble about a bit. That I wouldn't have given a 4.5 to. <laughs> so, yeah, what else do we have on the topic list this week? Is there stuff we Did you guys play Far Cry skip? Primal? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't. I, I, I didn't really like 4, so I just thought I'm just going to skip Primal. Well, here's the thing. I didn't like 4. I thought 4 was all right. Uh, but I really, really liked Far Cry Primal. Oh. Yeah, and I'm fun. someone who's so sick of Ubisoft shit. Like, that I was surprised I liked it as I'm, much as I did. I'm in the same camp. I really wasn't the biggest Fallout 4. Uh, I really wasn't the biggest Far Cry 4 fan in the world. I really enjoyed Far Cry Primal. Played it the whole way through. Enjoyed it start to finish. Yeah, wow. I, I, I like it as well. I think it's a lot of fun. It's it's a lot better of a franchise when it strips away all of the like having to have conversations with people and the attempts at plot, mm. and when it's just you have a stick, maybe a stick that's on fire. 
don't let these animals kill you. Maybe go kill those people that like to eat other people. There were points of it and where I did find myself really wishing I had a gun, though. <laughs> like, yeah. did you guys do the... Did you guys say you finished it? Yeah. So the the boss fight with the head of the Udam is one of the mm-hmm. worst fucking boss fights I've ever seen in a video game. Why? Did it, you do? The, did you make the same mistake I made? You're trying to hit him, and you're being swarmed by minions, and it's uh, just, you made the Argh. same mistake I made. <laughs> right? Here's what happened: I fought the, the leader of the Udam mm. um, with my arrows and my spears and my bee bombs, and it took fucking forever. <laughs> yeah, it took me second. like forty-five minutes, and but, then I uh, realized you could drop the stalactites on him. The same thing. Yeah. I looked. He was at a sliver of health. Like I'd been there for half an hour, and then I looked up at the ceiling and saw a glowing fucking stalactite, and thought, yeah. "Oh, that's why this boss is taking forever." Oh, and then he wouldn't die. Then he wouldn't fucking die at the end. He was at zero health, and I'm it like took me ages to work out. You have to I'm... use fire. Yeah, I feel like we need to we need to address the fact that I think Sips was about to ask, "What is a bee bomb?" Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, oh it's as it gather sounds. around, ye children. Let me tell you the gospel of ye oldy bee bomb. While you're yeah. telling me about the bee bomb, hang on, Far Cry. I'm just gonna buy this game because I, I really want to throw. It. I was I was just watching Jim and Gavin like sprint through this, and it's like, wait, wait, wait. I can see where the confusion is happening here. You did just drop I, yeah. the phrase. I threw oh, no, a bee bomb at him. I, yeah. I, oh, I, I heard. I was ready to loop round to it because don't don't ever let me like miss a chance to talk about bees in any context. Um, but yes, you can craft bombs that are full of bees <laughs> and you throw <laughs> oh them at enemies God. and then they're all like, oh, get off me, bees. Jeez. And it's brilliant. And you can train your owl to carry the bee bombs and drop them in enemy bases for you. While, so you while riding on a fucking saber-toothed tiger. That's just, okay, yeah. yeah, so you're a caveman yeah. in this one. <laughs> yeah. I'm just looking yeah. at the Steam page now. Yeah. So, caveman with a bee bomb. Fuck, holy shit. Yeah, you can tame and ride a fucking saber-toothed tiger Oh, yeah, around. there's a screenshot yeah. here of a guy holding, like, a, a bee bomb, and then just this dude yeah. swarmed with bees. Honestly, I think I think the, the, the game would have gotten a much better reception if they'd focused a lot more on bee bombs, <laughs> yeah. and less on the saber-toothed tigers. They should have been called Far Cry Bee Bomb. <laughs> bee you know what, bomb? Little, yeah, really, holy shit. Do you know what little detail is so good in this game? When you're about to do an execution on a guy from the front, there's this split second where they realize what's happening and look you right in the eyes in shock. Yes. And it looks so funny on the print kind of like Neanderthal face. Oh, it's just so I mean it's cruel. Like as it should shit, have but. it should have had like a like a Tim Allen uh, yeah. right just before they get clubbed in the face. <laughs> yeah. I, I just I it's just so like running funny. around uh, the caveman world with a vicious honey badger for a pet that just mm. mauls things' faces off. That's true, you can get a honey Are honey badger. badgers badasses in real life? Because in yes. every video game they're yeah. absolute savages. Yeah, um, they, honey badgers are like the most vicious, tiny animal that exists. Then they, yeah. and they carry disease too, right? So when they when they do have their way with you, you you know, even if you yeah, make they, it out alive, you probably have like some sort of crippling disease to deal with. They, that's that. what the monitor lizards do up. as well. Like they got so much bacteria in their mouth that one bite and you're fucking done. Oh man, mm. the animal kingdom's fucked up. Let's let's burn it all. Yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. bee bomb it to let's oblivion. Let's bee bomb it into the ground. Bees yeah. are the only things that are allowed to live in my new <laughs> rules for the world because because they produce honey and can be put into bombs. I know <laughs> they, they get such a bad time of it in the real world, but in video games they really shine, especially in oh, in, yeah. in bomb form 
Holy shit. It's yeah. about time that bees had their credit and their associated bomb form. <laughs> oh, goodness. I think we have a couple of very quick last bits of news to get through before we do some questions and wrap up. Um, yeah. So... You know, if people want games from Japan, you usually have to go through like Play Asia and all these sites that like have their big expensive oh, markups is, on imports. This is a great idea. Yeah, you can now just order from Amazon Japan, and stuff will ship anywhere in the world. That was so, such a savvy move. I know, like if like if there are models that are exclusive to Japan or games or consoles or whatever, you can literally just go to Amazon Japan and order them to the UK. Uh, that that's the one of the big things that stops me importing is just I'm a very lazy man, and setting up a new account for a new import site or whatever, and then worrying about you know is this site legit or not, or is this and a how much thing? are they ripping me off and with how like much the, yeah the how much is this, um you know what's the markup so this like just turning it back into like a few clicks and you've got something from yeah. Japan it's, like I'm gonna be so much more into importing stuff yeah I mean yes. I'm not into it now but that just sounds really easy. And that's something that I could get into for sure. I might get yeah. two copies of Dead or Alive Extreme <laughs> Beach Volleyball <laughs> Three. Knowing, knowing that, like, at the very most, it's like, okay, you're not getting marked up on the product. You might have to pay, like, you're probably going to have to pay a bit more in shipping. But like, if you take a slow shipping option, it probably won't be too bad. I'm up for importing in that case. That's good. Yeah. I like that. So, what kind of stuff is still very exclusive to Japan nowadays? Because you, usually, like, m- like cuddly toy models of Pokemon that are Japan exclusive and shit like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sexy costumes for 13-year-old video game characters. Mm. Oh, yeah, if you want to get, like, the version of all the video games that has the, like, underage 13-year-old girls and all the stuff that's culturally inappropriate in the West, uh, you can import that now. Cool. Japan has some awesome <laughs> uh, female-fronted rock bands at the moment. They do, yeah. yeah. Really, really fucking good stuff. And I don't, I don't just mean like baby metal. They're a lot of fun and stuff. But I mean actual. How can I say this without being a music snob? Actual, real, proper rock bands <laughs> that play their own instruments and shit and write yeah. their own shit. They have a lot of those as well. Nice. There's a big kind of girl power movement going on there with music. It's very I, I cool. must, I must ask: Are any of you on the podcast aware of the wonderful, amazing thing that is Lady Baby? Lady mm. Baby. Sorry, Lady Baby. Isn't yeah, it like the aware? opposite of baby metal? There's like okay, a big hairy no, well, man. Okay. Who... This is how I would describe it. Imagine like an Asian like rock slash pop band, mm. but the the like two of the members are like teenage girls, and the third member is a an Australian ex professional wrestler with a big old beard dressed up the same as the two uh, Asian like schoolgirls. It's like it's like it's like Boney M for 2016. Yeah, and it's amazing. Nice. They make they make like decent music, and there's just this very kawaii ex Australian professional wrestler in there, and it's great, and I love it. I think I've heard of that actually, or I've seen a video with that in it, and I think the first time I saw it, I was just like, "What the fuck's going on?" But like, it seems specifically designed to give Republicans heart attacks. <laughs> Quite possibly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so should we should we do some questions before we wrap up? Get a couple of questions. Yeah, yeah why not? We got, we got time for that, everyone. Mm-hmm. Be a nice treat. Yeah. Right. What what we got on questions this week? Um, classy questions to start us off. Aidan, Aidan. It's not how you normally spell Aiden, but Aidan Cox. If you if you had sex with your clone, would it be incest or masturbation? Oh God, are we are we asking that one? We're, we're asking is, is that, that where is, we're at now? That is where we're at. It's a classy question. It Jim. would be nar- 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 I I feel like 
the answer is that it would be it would be both and that's I don't I I don't know how to answer this question I think it's more masturbation than incest yeah it's not incest because incest is with someone else you're related to yeah but like I mean this is literally yourself it's, it's, I'm yeah. not, no, no, I'm not having this conversation. <laughs> I refuse to have this conversation. Sips, will you have this conversation? As, as the only person I'll on the podcast who's actually done this, Jim doesn't want to partake in the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot of experience in this field, actually, so I'm going to leave it to you guys to figure out. Uh, um, Sips, is, is having sex with your clone masturbation or incest? It, it's, not, it's not technically having sex... With yourself, though, right? Because the clone of you, so well, that's, you can't yeah. you can't feel what your clone feels at at the time, right? So it can't be masturbation. And is, is it possibly neither? Then I think I'd say that it's neither. I would say that having sex with your clone is neither, and I'm going to stand by that. It's narcissist. <laughs> well, it's narcissistation. Well, it's narcissism. The, masturbation. That's well, exactly what it is. The, the point you kind of get to is: is your clone essentially like an identical twin? I mean, because if you looked at it that way, then I can see how you could argue it is incest because they're like. Here's what you do: go have a wank, looking in the mirror, and describe how that feels, and that's probably similar to what you could describe it as. Yeah, I've done that. It was brilliant at the time, but then when you're finished, the mental images are staying with you, and then you're just embarrassed for yourself. <laughs> there is that news article... Which I imagine is what banging a clone would be like. I'm not having that conversation. No, there's that news article that you tweeted out earlier, Laura, about that guy that had sex with a bicycle and he got arrested. Oh, my God, yeah. Today, I was doing research. <laughs> <laughs> Has the Daily Mirror caught on to the concept of Laura Bate now as well? Oh, my God. No, okay, so there is a reason... Hang on, I mean, I've got, got one got question. I've got one question about yeah. Was it his bike? Yes, it was it his, was. yeah, yeah. Then then he shouldn't I, have been arrested. Okay, here is like the story arc of today. I started reviewing, you know that tank dating sim I talked about last week on the podcast? Yes, yeah. yes. Um, a website that is like a military enthusiast website has contacted <laughs> me about doing a review for them. That's and brilliant. Like the first question I had was like, okay, I finished this game now. Uh, is it illegal? To have sex with a sentient military tank. And I went down this track of like googling this. And I ended up on this news article about how apparently in the UK it is illegal to have sex with a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Like, um, Fucking Puritan's a, nanny it's, state. Yeah, it's, a, it's illegal to have sex with machines in the UK. And apparently nah. that includes bicycles. Yeah. So this, what, about, this, what about actual sex machines? Like well, Sibians or this things is, like this that? This is where we were getting into it. Is where do you draw the line between sex toys that vibrate and yeah. like, bicycles? Where is that line? Where is the line between bicycle and vibrator? <laughs> yeah. So well, like, here, is, here is the story of this. Like parent. bicycle like, seats, when you think oh. about it, can be quite anthropomorphic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what happens if you just happen to come while riding a oh, bicycle? God. Is that a crime? Quite. There's possibly. a lot of shaking and stuff going on on a bike. You, you know, yeah. sometimes you There's just can't control. Yeah, you can't control it, and then yeah. before you know so it. But of course, I, pigs' heads are I, all okay to fuck. Yeah, you know? yeah. So what the, if I duct tape a vibrator to the seat of a bike? Sit on that. Like, I'm not technically having sex with the bike. <laughs> I've just got a dildo well, up the chunk wagon. Uh, I'm not having is, sex with the bike. The bike is having sex with me. So here is, here is the story of the man that had sex with the bike. 
Right, uh, yes. He took his bike to a hotel, yeah. and the, 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 the cleaning crew... Of he had to do it classy! Yeah, yeah. yeah he the took it out for dinner, took it to a hotel, then the cleaning, it. The cleaning, <sighs> room, like, the cleaning crew of the hotel were knocking on the door because they wanted to like clean his room, yeah, and he was like, just a minute, and they came in anyway, and he was fucking the bike. Like, he was just thrusting no, at the bike. The worst thing is, is I don't um, think he did answer the knocks at the door. I think he was so in the oh, zone, yeah, fucking the bike, that he... <laughs> Wow. didn't even they, hear they the knocking in. multiple times. So, plus, so they panicked and they ran to the hotel manager who called the police. Yeah. And I've he got, got arrested for fucking a bike. Yeah. I've got to point this out, right? I'm not laughing at a man for fucking a bike. Because I do, and I, I want to be serious for a moment, as serious as you can be. If you want to fuck a bike, fuck a I bike. don't give a shit, right? Yeah. Like, whatever, whatever gets people off in this world... That isn't hurting anyone else. Absolutely 100% on board. Probably very likely to hurt yourself fucking a bike, though. I mean, Where there's you... probably issues with it, but if you found a safe way to negotiate, uh, if it's your bike, that's the <laughs> bit I I wanted to make sure of. It. I want to know which part bike, of the bike yeah, he was fuck fucking. Was like, was say, it like, yeah. bikes are big, Was he right? fucking the handlebars? <laughs> like, well, oh, baby, I mean, again, you like, can't maybe, handle this. Maybe he's like, like a memory gel pad for the saddle, <laughs> and he was just yeah. fucking the, the pad. Because at that point, like, the, the way I'd fuck a bike, right? The, to, if I did... Hang on, let me adjust right? myself. If I want to sit down if. and really, really soak this one in. Okay. I'm if right. I did it, I'd have to, like, create... Like, I'd, 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 I'd have to craft a vagina of artifice uh, and attach it to the bike. Like, maybe get a flashlight-like device and affix that to like the the, the like between its wheels or something like where the pedals that's are cheating, and would you, that's would you like like glue some go- googly eyes onto well, it as well true. so it looks like a person that's true it's not a permanent fixture of the bike therefore i would argue that i'm not technically having sex with the bike and i'd get i i would not be in jail where that man no, is. that's a you're good okay point because you're in america yeah, yeah. you you won't get in jail yeah that's true you can fuck what you like in america so, so like, long as it's not another member of your gender so so <laughs> attaching a fleshlight to the bike creates a legal loophole whereby you can kind of fuck a bike yeah it's 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 the famous flashlight loophole. It's, it's it's what it's what we call flashlight law. I'm very well versed in flashlight law. You could definitely so, get away with it here. You just tell the judge I thought it was a sheep. So uh, there, there, there is another bit to the story that we've not yet addressed, which is also that a man got arrested for fucking some pavement. Yeah, yeah, an electrician at the okay, end of the article. That, hmm. an, an electrician is just like a single footnote on the article was a man fucked like the pavement in a town and got arrested. For well, I think that's. The pavement. I reckon that that's that's an aside because that's a more clear cut case. Because that pavement's public property. Yeah. Have you guys okay. ever it worked your, in? Um, it might have been his driveway. Have you guys well, ever worked in a DVD or or, or uh, a shop that sells adult content? No. No, I, I've, I have I've a few times, a and it's not uncommon to catch uh, usually young young guys having a little fiddle. Really? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, that's understandable. It's, it, 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 young, it happened about four four times in the amount of time I was working in in shops. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, that's my issue with the bike thing. Like, <laughs> fuck, fuck the bike in your house on your time. Yeah. And if there's people in the house where that's awkward, buy a shed. 
Don't don't fuck the shed <laughs> unless that's what you're into. But fuck, like, have your bike fucking what, what shed. You don't have to do you, tell anyone. I'm sorry. What, what kind of lady do you think that bike is, Jim? That that bike deserves to be treated. It doesn't want to get fucked in a shed. It's a lady. Well, I mean, that's my issue. Like that. That's my whole issue with the thing. Is if you're gonna be dirty boy, fuck a bike, right? Don't try. Don't kid yourself into classing it. Up what if it's like in a, a hotel? What if it's like a gateway thing? You know, like. Man, I was really enjoying just like fucking my bike, and then I looked at my shed and I was like, "Jeez, <laughs> no, yeah." I really want to fuck my shed now. Uh, what what if the bike a was a hooker problem. and that's what where you know she usually goes, or he was so, was, yeah. was he was was the bike a male or a female? I'm kind we, of assuming we, we a lot here. If he got it, if yeah. he got it at a bike rental place, would that make it a problem? <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sir, we can't accept this bike back. It seems that maybe you fucked it. <laughs> He's he's gonna have a Harley Davidson pull up outside his house tomorrow, going, "Yo, you owe me money for my bitch." In summary, even if a military vehicle is sentient, consenting, and no longer owned by the military, it's illegal to fuck it in the UK. That's and so that's there you go. Yeah. Yeah. UK I has honestly, a lot of stupid honest, laws. I would say that that's though. the same I as fucking think a police that's a problem. car. You know, they've got jobs to do. They can't be being fucked by you. They've got important. I would say. Well, I mean, if it's a, if it if it's no longer in military service, if it's, oh, a it's retired, retired tank, yeah. you should be able to fuck a retiree. <laughs> I mean, that's my my whole issue comes down to: is it yours? If it's yours. Yeah, you should be allowed to fuck it in Britain. If it's not yours, then don't fuck it. Okay, don't don't rent a car and bring it back to the rental place and say, sorry about the cum in the exhaust pipe. <laughs> yeah, like, don't no, do that. Really this is my that. question now, is if you like rent a car and have sex in the car, yeah. not yeah. with the car, in the car, mm. yeah. but if you how get is some... that like, how is that different? Because you could just argue that that's a threesome where one of the individuals isn't doing very much. Yeah, and if you, yeah. if you, if you like get some jizz on the seat, does that count as giving the car a facial? Like, you know, was, <laughs> was that fucking the car? Yeah. I mean, what even is fucking like? Like, if you, if from your perspective, the inside of the car was like a giant vagina, mm. and you humped the leather interior, are you fucking it or are you just mm. wanking in it? But like, I used to dry hump my microphone stand on stage. Does that count as fucking a machine? Have, exactly. Have you fucked? Have you broken the? Have Queen's I broken British laws? law? Yeah. I mean, there's there's probably people watching you do that too. Did anyone call the cops? Because. Um, Once you start criminalizing, no, the ambulances got called when people passed out. But you know, yeah. not not. The I just cops. think that once you start criminalizing inanimate Congress, then you you are going down a slippery slope, and I don't mean that literally. I think the pavement fuck fucking I can understand, like a ski slope. Yeah. What's the law on that? If you own the ski <laughs> the slope, <whole> ski slope. <laughs> and made a literal slippery slope. <laughs> I think you're allowed to fuck your own slippery slope. Jim, oh Jim's PS4 so. controller is like slowly edging away from him right now. <laughs> so, nah, that's used to it by now. <laughs> Sips, Sips, what were we talking about before you took us on this tangent? Um, <laughs> Where the hell are oh, we? Oh yeah, no, well, hilariously, we were actually talking about whether fucking your clone is incest oh, or masturbation. Oh, I'm not having that conversation. That's too low brow. That's too, yeah. yeah, we're, have yeah, we're respectable on this podcast. We're not uh, having that. <laughs> oh god so we had like a related question um from evan luck since this is the 69th episode of podquisition what's the best sex joke you've ever heard and i think that whole last topic is the best yeah sex the joke dude fucking mike seriously that's probably <laughs> the best so in one. the in the honor of the episode number what is a 6.9 
Another great thing screwed up by a period. Ah. Uh, that's a good, <laughs> that's a pretty good text <laughs> joke. Yeah. I don't think it's worth us saying any more jokes. I think you have nailed the 69 joke. Yeah, I think that's yeah. that that'll work. That is the video game 69 joke. There you go. Um Oh, so what's next on the topic list? <laughs> I wore myself out. I'm just too tired to find questions. Um, I want to answer yeah. that guitar uh, question. That was a fun Yeah, one. there was a question from Ed Valesco that was for, for <laughs> Gavin, and Gavin wants to answer it, so we'll let Gavin answer it. Uh, for Miracle of Sound, got any advice on someone just starting to learn the pussy mag... I mean guitar. Yes. The most important tip for learning the pussy slash cock magnet is sling it down at your waist. Don't play it up by your chest because then you look like Paul McCartney and he's not really much of a sex symbol. Well, not to me. And this to goes for though, girls right? and guys. Sling that motherfucker down by your genitals. You want this to be an extension of your cock slash vag because there is nothing hotter than a boy or a girl with a guitar at their waist wailing on it as if it's a part of their genitalia. That is my advice for uh, learning guitar. The advice is, like, just play your musical genitals. <clears throat> yeah, pretty much. I, I am on board with playing my musical genitals. That, if you're looking for technique, good. you're definitely asking the wrong person, because I suck. Should, should I use a similar technique of learning to play, like, the clarinet to, like, try and play it at the crotch level? Mm, no, I wouldn't advise that. No? <laughs> I would say, right, don't bother with the guitar. That's too much effort. Get a bicycle. Yeah. That's where the money is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Vincent Miller wanted to ask Have any of you seen a monetary impact From YouTube Red And if so is it significant um, um, I don't know I don't, I don't really think so No or think so either Yeah I, do, I don't know either because like around the same time Like my my channel towards the end Of last year was going through a very Quiet period um, so And views were down like they, they came back Up so I won't know till like next Month uh, how like whether it's up or down because um, the last pay period was just a, it was a you know a downturn for me and now things are back up and, and on the up 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 so I, I don't know there was there was there were other mitigating factors so I can't tell really yeah it's it's not really broken down in payment information in a way that would make it e easy to tell no how much like <clears throat> how much of an effect it's had. Which is really weird and difficult for content creators because it's like, oh, I don't know if this is beneficial or not. Yeah, yeah, I think. Then again, I suppose I could ask like the people at Maker. Like, I could just email them and be like, "Do you know?" <laughs> I'd be curious to see because I know that, for example, you know, the Jimquisition is ad free uh, because it's supported by Patreon. But if you watch it on YouTube Red, I would assume. The Jimquisition makes a few extra florins off the back of yeah, that. Yeah, you would you, you would still I make guess. money out of it. Like I can't even it's, I yeah. can't not to make that money. So before anyone gets angry at me, right? I can't I can't just I, I don't even know what the breakup is, how much of it is what. So I don't know. Like that's the thing. And like most things with YouTube, the people actually affected by YouTube shit don't know fucking anything. It's, it's Someone at Konami is listening now, going yeah. "Ad free, eh? We'll see about that." <laughs> oh gosh. Be being someone that's like fairly small on YouTube as a space, I have noticed a little bit about YouTube Red, just because like I don't tend to monetize my videos, just because most of them are monetized through Patreon, and as such, when I see bits of income coming through, because my channel is like set up for monetization, I do see money coming in when I haven't monetized videos. 
And I can oh. only assume that in those cases, YouTube Red was the source of that income. Mm. Yeah. And it's very odd to see income without, like, having monetized any specific video. And to be like, <clears> I assume <throat> that's the impact of YouTube Red. You don't, do you have, like, fan funding or anything enabled? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> what I just say is I'm always just like, I have a Patreon. Do you like my, my stuff? Pa- throw a couple of Patreon bucks. And that's worked out well for me. Yeah. But, like, most of the money I see coming in through YouTube, I'm like, I assume that was YouTube Red that did that. Yeah, because YouTube Red is this is this um, sort of, like, almost like a subscription thing, right? And then it yeah. pays out based on how much percentage of that viewer you it's, had yeah, or something. Yeah, it's like... I think it's, like, the the money that's going to the YouTubers you watched is split up by, like, how many minutes of that YouTuber did you watch compared to the other YouTubers you watched this month? Yeah. And that percentage then becomes the percentage of your money that goes to that creator. Yeah. And then the theory is that longer form content is rewarded better through something like YouTube Red. I, I, I'm pretty sure I've heard Total Biscuit it's, talk it's about this. It's how YouTube's always been tried to... It, YouTube's always tried to push its algorithms that way. I mean, it's yeah. why Let's Plays became as, as popular and as they were. It's, was it's because... why animation died as well. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, animation was so much work and the algorithm's just like, it's only a minute long, it's not worth anything. Yeah. I mean, that's the internet all over. That's one thing I've always found criminal. It's like, like when I used to work at Destructoid, for example, like, I could pour hours and hours into, like, like long form articles, but it would be the MS Paint drawing I did of David Cage riding a giant snake penis that got the attention. <laughs> Something that that took five minutes to shit out onto the internet. Like we live in a world where where effort's not rewarded. Just like Commander it's, it's fucking Shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a weird one. I mean, like when I watch stuff on YouTube, I prefer shorter stuff. Like that's just like my preference. Like I'll watch a video mm. fully that's like two or three minutes long. But I will seldomly sit through a video that's half an hour long, unless it's something. Yeah, I do. Really, really. You get good. so many. Our attention spans have decreased um, with the amount of content we now have available to us. Yeah, and it is weird that YouTube kind of pushes and rewards such lengthy stuff. Um, and and I think it it has made for some worse content. Like you know, the Jimquisition I do is a. Uh, kind of the closest, I guess, to video essay work. And there are so many video essays and video rants out there that will just be a guy talking to a camera for, like, half an hour to an hour. Just a talking head. And I, and it's so shit. And that's not to, like, cast dispersions on anyone who does that, but, but there's so much content on YouTube that isn't engaging but is rewarded because, just because it's long. Yeah. Mm. You know what's the worst? It's fucking tutorial videos on YouTube that should take 15 seconds and the video's like 10 minutes long. And they're going, like, you're looking up how to do something in Premiere Pro and he spends the first six minutes talking about his fucking video and you're like, just show me how to do the goddamn effect. Yeah. Well, that's because yeah. he needs you there for the ad revenue. Like, he won't get anything if you're gone in 15 seconds. Yeah, and 10 minutes is sort of like the, the, the golden time, isn't it? Because I think anything yeah. after 10 minutes, you get post rolls and stuff like that, which I guess helps if it people are, does, are watching yeah. all the way up to the end in the first place. It's such a it's such a weird thing, isn't it, YouTube and, and the way that it works. Like, I mean, I've been on YouTube for like four years and I still, <laughs> I don't know what's going no, on half no the time. It's crazy. No Same one, with me. No I, don't, I don't have a knows. clue half the time how... how things are going or what it's doing or yeah you're just like enough money came in that's fine yeah <laughs> am i selling yeah. albums yeah good then youtube <laughs> is yeah. is obviously doing what it's supposed to do 
It's interesting yeah. though. I've started. I've I've watched more YouTube recently than I ever have, and I've been watching a guy playing XCOM Two of all things, a, a game mm. that I like playing myself. But it's the first time that I've actually watched a Let's Play by anyone and actually enjoyed it. And I've watched like fifty hours of this guy playing XCOM Two, and it's amazing. Like I watch it as avidly as I'd watch like House of Cards or something in in an evening. It's crazy. Yeah, like if if you find the right personalities and like that have the right sort of length of videos, I will sometimes just find myself being like, yeah, I will sit and watch this this YouTube video for half an hour. Yeah. As like, I'm not going to get around to playing this game, but I will sit and eat my dinner while I watch someone play it for half an hour. To <laughs> and yeah. I usually keep enjoyable. Total Biscuits um, WTF videos for when I know I'm going to be sitting there for half an hour eating or something because they, they engage me for that long. I'll I'll watch you like um something by the Geek Remix channel or the Super Best Friends or something like that. I'll just sit and be like, yeah, I'll just watch you play a game for half an hour. Why not? Yeah. I I'm currently enjoying watching the Geek Remix uh, ladies playing through Beyond uh, uh, through Heavy Rain and basically ripping it absolutely apart, and that's very amusing. Nice. Yeah, it's weird. So, like I've yeah. I've been doing similar sort of content for years, but I've never actually watched anyone do it before like until now which is just really weird like I, I i don't know i always felt like i should be watching people on youtube i never bothered and then finally now well, i do that's that's time that you can be spending making your own content and true <laughs> enough true enough yeah yeah you just want to do the whole garth Marenghi thing where you write more books than you read mm. <clears throat> well I, I i'll be honest i make more songs than i listen to by other people <laughs> do you know that's that's fair <laughs> enough yeah, yeah. um i do we have any last questions before we finish up? That was obviously an exaggeration. I wasn't bragging. Don't call me a bragger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that might actually be it for questions. This might that be a nice really? place for us to wrap up. Yeah, we had a we had a I'm sh- right that. we had a short week for questions this week. We got like three or four of them in, and we're like, yeah, that'll do. Mm. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. yeah, it was a nice little show today. Um, Laura, people would really want to know what else they can find you on. You've got to tell them. I have to tell them. Yeah, you've got to. Well, if I have to, I suppose I will. Uh, you can find me at Laura K Buzz on pretty much everything. Uh, Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Laura K Buzz on YouTube and Twitch, LauraKBuzz.com, Laura K Buzz on Patreon, which pays the bills. And at the moment, I'm doing a thing. If you want to help me get some money for some surgery stuff, GoFundMe.com slash Laura K Buzz. I've got a thing going over there as well. So read my stuff, watch my stuff, give me money. <laughs> <laughs> and Gavin, the man who has, by his own bragging, made more songs than he listens to. <laughs> he has made more songs than he has ever listened to in his life. <laughs> and where can we get those great songs? You can get all 140 plus of those songs on my YouTube channel, which passed 100 million views last week. Woo! Woo! Uh, right. And uh, have you heard my work, actually, Sips? I must link it to you afterwards. Link it to me for sure. Yeah. If no, you're, if you're into gaming, you probably enjoy some of them. Excellent. Um, and yeah, yeah, the latest song was Tomb Raider, and it had the lovely and awesome Lisa Foils on it. So go check that out. And yeah, I said Twitter, didn't I? Yeah, that's it. Just go watch my stuff, buy my albums, keep me in a job. There you go. And Sips, thank you so much for being on this week. Thank you uh, for joining. Thanks us. for I having hope me. You had a lovely time. I did. Yeah. Uh, we should good, tell people good. where That's... to find Sipson is work and all that. Yes, indeed. Do tell us, um, where, where can we find you on the internet? On YouTube, Yogscast Sips um, is my channel. Um, and part of the Yogscast, if you've ever watched Lewis and Simon playing Minecraft or whatever before. Um, and I suck at games. So come and watch me 
sucks so bad at games. And tell me all about it too, like everyone else does. It'd be great. Oh yeah, everyone love we love hearing about yeah. YouTube YouTube loves doing that. Yeah, yeah. It's the only reason I do any game footage is so people can tell me that I'm terrible. Yeah, yeah. Constructive um, criticism. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm so looking forward to doing a full let's play of Dark Souls 3 purely so that people can tell me on a daily basis uh, that I suck. I'd never do that. I do I'll do what I did with Bloodborne where I like I wait to play because that's what I love about the PS4 share feature is while I'm playing, I can judge when I've had a like a lucky good run, and then just press share and keep it, and then just do a compilation of that so I look phenomenal. That's <laughs> that's how you do a Souls game. Um, but yes, thank you all for joining us. Thank you as always for supporting the Jimquisition on Patreon and all that business. If you do, or if you don't, just thank you for listening. I don't give a shit. I, I make enough money by this point. Too much, if you ask most people. So thank you for that, and thank you as always for being with us. And thank you next week if you're Ooh. here next week. Oh, I forgot a thing. Remember, oh, shit. I forgot a thing before we go. Uh, yeah, Podquisition animated. If you want that to be a thing, go to the Laura K Buzz Patreon. When we hit a milestone, we're going to have Podquisition animated. So go, go get that money. Yeah, Do and that. I should point out like that, that's that was her right. I, I I'm not making her pay for anything. That was Laura's <laughs> idea, and she wanted to do it, and suddenly surprised us by having it on her Patreon. Like I, uh, I, I just I don't want people I was having like, a like, go at me. I was me. like, "Do you like this?" I concept said, "I love the pictures." Like, yeah, I like the pictures. I was like, "Fuck it, yeah, I'm gonna like I'm gonna make this a thing." So Patreon, that's fine. Give me no, some money fine. so I can pay a guy to make a thing. Oh, that's fine. I just <laughs> want to make sure that from a PR perspective, I'm covered because um, <laughs> that was Laura's thing, and it, she's using it as a stretch goal on her Patreon, which is fine and brilliant, and and the the, the images look fantastic. Uh, but I do just want to point out that I'm. I'm not making anyone do anything <laughs> that I should be doing. Um, <laughs> so that's you know, like editing the show and whatnot. Fine. It's kind of exciting to think that maybe one day that guy fucking his bicycle will be like an animated thing. Yeah, I think you... that's the the dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to ha- have an animated thing? Maybe one day exist of us talking about a man fucking a bike. Then go Oof. give Patreon money. That's exciting. Give Laura some money if, <laughs> if you want to see a man fuck a bike in glorious Technicolor. <laughs> uh, that's something you do. So, <laughs> thank you, thank you all, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Oh, and that artist for the body pillow was Synchro Centaur. Completely forgot to edit it in. Thank you, Synchro Centaur.